0: While they're all talking state standards, we're sitting on a bar stool making fun of them. Classroom Brew Podcast.
1: Hey everybody welcome back to another episode of the podcast if you are new to the podcast or returning my name is ryan just in case you forgot i don't know um we all forget sometimes when we've had a few my name is ryan i'm a teacher a coach instructional coach run this podcast and yeah, you guys get it if you're teachers you know we do way more than just uh just teach not that just teaching like it's not to minimize it but you get the deal uh if you want to support the show go above and beyond you can go to patreon.com slash brew we got stuff like bonus content, exclusive episodes, behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, did I say bonus episodes? I don't know. Where it's it's the first week before school or before students start. So that's where I'm at. I do want to give a big shout out to Lish, James, Cindy, Melinda, uh, Sabrina, Leslie, Leo, and Adam. Uh, they are our current Patreon members. So big shout out to you guys! Thank you so much for supporting the show and uh, interacting and being on the show periodically, which is awesome. So if you want to be on, just send me an email. All that stuff, by the way, is in the show notes, whatever app you're listening in. Anyway, now that we are in our first week, I've had this thought because teachers, we already started, the students start next week. So with the students starting next week, I've already kind of thought about what I'm gonna say on the first day. And I think I'm gonna tell them that I'm retiring next year. <laughs> like, I'm just gonna be like, like Kobe Bryant. Like, I'm on, I'm on my retirement tour. Like, don't, don't abuse me as your teacher. Everyone just wants like no one wants to like check in the paint when it's a retirement tour. No one wants to strike out the uh, the baseball player on their retirement tour. They'd be like, "What you're retire? You're you're like 30, dude. Why are you retiring?" He'd be like, "I don't know, man. Computers are coming in. They're gonna take over my job. I'm obsolete." And we'll see. How, like I would be so proud. I would wear it like a badge of honor if I received like a cease and desist from the district, being like, <laughs> "Like, Mr. F. Please stop stating to students that you're going to be replaced by computers. <laughs> We're getting angry letters, <laughs> or happy letters. I don't know. Uh, I'm, uh, retirement tour. Uh, that's what I'm going to say. I'm just going to lie to them to open up. That's a good way to start with uh, trust, right? I'm kidding, but maybe I'll try it and I'll report back, and we'll talk about the ethics after. It's all good. It doesn't have to make any sense, and I'm sure they'll see some issues with it <laughs> right away. Maybe I'll break, and it won't be a. Uh, it'll be a moot point uh, all around. So I don't know. Uh, I do have to say though, with, with this week being our, I came out firing by the way. I'm, I didn't even mention I'm having some rum and mango. Forget the name of the juice, but Bacardi is my go-to rum. So if you're drinking along for this one, cheers. And if you're not, that's fine. Maybe you're driving, maybe you're at school. Um, whatever it might be. We did talk about, by the way, some teachers. We mentioned <laughs> that we were going to make a bingo card. Um, for different things that students might do in the first week. And that bingo card will align with, uh, I suppose, a drinking game or shots or whatever it may be, avoiding any potential problems, of course. Uh, not on the job. But um, what I noticed, though, is that this this week of PD, we've had a lot more time than ever before to actually set up our room, which was my goal last year with PD. And I think we did a decent job, but we have so much more time this year. Um some CPR and AED training and stuff that took an hour and a half or so. But other than that, we haven't had very long meetings. We've gone over data a little bit, but I've had the most time possible to actually go and prepare my room, which is really nice. I never feel like I have enough time for that. And I'm a minimalist in the classroom. I don't have that much. And and granted, you're always doing setup stuff throughout the year. I did a lot of uh, setup stuff at the end of last year. Like, the, the, I put a bunch of flags for like 200 flags of the world are hanging from uh, the ceiling. Hopefully, my ADHD students don't get distracted by that, <laughs> especially when the AC is blowing and they're flapping in the wind. Um, the flags, that is, not the students. But um, time to prepare, prepare is nice, but I just don't have the motivation to print shit. So, like, we did our curriculum planning and, and all that. And so, we have a really good idea and we have links to everything for what we're going to do on a day-to-day basis for the first 78 and the last 98 days. But who's counting? We, we know exactly what we're going to do. But I just can't bring myself, I guess, cheers to that, that I can't print shit. I'm afraid of the printers is what I'm trying to say. And if you're new to the profession, don't worry about it. You'll find out soon. If you've been in it for, you know, longer than me, uh, I have no ground to stand on. But I want to punch a copier sometimes. But I won't do that because I'm an adult. I'm not going to punch a copier. It's all good. Um, so to, to start, well, I guess that started us off already talking about PD, which, by the way, is interesting to see what type of students your fellow teachers or even just your colleagues in general. They may not be a teacher. Just to see, like, where are they going to group? Where are the cliques in this PD right now? Who's going to group themselves together? Who's going to isolate? Who's the, who's the brown noser of the teaching staff? Who's the cool kid that just couldn't be bothered to engage in whatever activity it is? But I will say, the, the only feedback that I gave, so I'm, I'm not trying to say, you know, you know what, you decide for yourself. The only feedback that I gave about um, back to school PD for, for teachers, last year they involved us as department chairs. This year, not so much, but they sent a feedback form and all I wrote, I might have t- taken a screenshot, to be honest with you, <sighs> not for the sake of the podcast, but for the sake of like, is this too much? Like sending, you ever send that to a colleague or a friend? Like, should I send this or is it too much? Um, I don't even think, I, I don't think I've talked about this yet, have I? I don't think so. So it asked us in the, uh, the form, is there anything, <laughs> anything of things? I don't know, uh, that you would prefer we do not discuss as a group during PD week. And all I wrote, and I quote, skip any icebreaker imaginable. For the love of God, please zero icebreakers. <laughs> That's all I put. I don't know what else I put for the other ones because I wanted to make sure that that was, and I, I greenlit it. I greenlit it my <laughs> myself. Uh, Adam, as in uh, social studies, Adam, not Adam who was just recently on, but Adam was like, yeah, it sounds good. So he greenlit it, so it must be a good idea, so we're fine. We're also setting up, he and I are very much on the same wavelength with that, I guess. We have to set up departmental bulletin boards, for example. And right away, just without any conversation, like when Adam and I get together to talk about what we're going to do, uh, and Peter's there too, he, has, he obviously has ideas as well. We're not going to single him out or leave him out. But uh, right away, he's like, let's just make a teacher of, a social studies teacher of the month. And just pick someone who's not social studies, like security guard, number one. And my idea was let's do like three student superlatives or four, sorry, four student superlatives for all the social studies teachers. They get to pick one, but I want them to be dumb superlatives, like best yawn of the month, you know, like, or always, no, maybe not late or punctuality related. But I think they should be dumb ones, like not dumb about the students, but like the category is dumb and they're gonna shake their head maybe chuckle when they read it. And if they won the thing, they have a sense of pride for the rest of their lives. (laughs) I had the biggest exhale when assigned an assignment in class by Mr. F. August, 2023. (laughs) You know what I mean? I think that'd be amazing. I would love to win that award myself. But if I'm, as the teacher, winning the award for best PSI in October of 2023, that's a problem imagine though, like lowest attendance, December, 2023, (laughs) just call kids out. That's not what we're going to try to do. We're not going to put photos or anything like that. It's going to be stuff that no one can be insulted by. Like I'm riffing now to just shoot the shit. And maybe I'm thinking out my ideas right now. I don't know. That's not all we did on the bulletin board. Don't, don't shake your head at me. I sense your disdain as the listener. Uh, The other thing we did was like, tips and tricks to succeed in your social studies class or classes and then like in parentheses like from your actual social studies teachers like you might want to listen to us uh another one too because oh geez like 3 years ago um i made on canva.com which we're not sponsored by i made uh anchor charts that i wanted to be universal in all social studies rooms and i didn't like make them myself and say use it like no we worked together <laughs> we made it uh Figured out what worked in my room and other rooms and uh, came together to design these. And then they were actually made by like a professional poster company. It's not that big a deal. It was like Staples or some shit. But the point being, we all have these posters that we use. And it's stuff like how to annotate, how to analyze an image or data or a photo, uh, how to think critically step by step, uh, how to write an evidence-based claim, like anchor charts that you can use so students can reference it. And they're supposed to help. But uh, my great idea was let's put like a, hey, what are those for in the room? Which is part of teaching anyway. They should know what they're for and why we use it. But maybe at the beginning of the year or just as a reminder throughout the year or for new students who come later in the year. It's a little section where I, I like printed off a four by six version of the anchor chart and it says what it's for. So hopefully as they pass by and they see the dumb superlative and they see the who teaches what class? And they see the what the what the posters are for. <laughs> they see the the tips and tricks. Maybe I'll get cursed out less. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, no. But hopefully they do better, and they have some resources around the school. And hopefully they never ask me to do a bulletin board again in the hallway because I hate them. Fadeless paper isn't actually fadeless. Pro tip: uh, bulletin board uh, borders are complete bullshit with the dimensions they give you, uh, especially if they don't have continuity. Like if it's a wavy pattern for the bulletin board, maybe it's just a color, but like the the shape of it, it has like little waves or whatever. Not all companies make it. So the end of one section and the beginning of the next section can make a continuous wave. You have to get creative with scissors, a level. (laughs) Uh, That's it really. And a stapler, I guess. I don't like doing it. So hopefully if they're like, I didn't like how you did it, I'll be like, great. Don't ever ask me to do it again. Please, respectfully, please don't ask me to do it again. I would actually be so thankful, but I feel good about it. I don't want to post it because we have our names on there. And the podcast is not entirely anonymous, but it's a little bit anonymous. I don't know. We'll see. Um, all right, down to business. I don't know if you guys heard about this or saw this, but uh, Kentucky is in a bit of uh, a rut. They're, they're in shambles in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, So basically, this was posted by ABC7. That's the Chicago ABC affiliate. Uh, Kentucky school system closes after transportation disaster leaves kids on buses for hours. Now, I'm not going to play the clip, but essentially, this is one of the largest school systems in Kentucky. And basically, they have a shortage of bus drivers, uh, and they just didn't do very good logistical planning. And so some kids were on the bus until 10 p.m., Going home, so I assume the following day that was the issue. Other kids, I'm assuming, were waiting for their bus and couldn't get on uh, because it never arrived. Uh, yeah, but at the same time, oh, there goes my dog. Sorry. Uh, sixty-five thousand bus drivers. Well, I don't know if you guys are going to notice that there was a bit of a time jump there, but I had to handle handle our our dog Marty. Um, the barking. Uh, if you didn't know, I just do I do this. Uh. At my house, you know, as most podcasters do, you know, um, the the little sound studio nook studio, as I like to call it, the teacher's closet. If you that didn't catch on, I'm not going to stick with it. <laughs> um, so yeah, the superintendent it sounds like he he's taking responsibility for what that happened. So step down, man. Um, no, I'm kidding. But he says we acknowledge that the, the delays and frustrations that families felt uh, were worse than in past years. Um, as bus drivers, families, and students, and school staff all worked to navigate a brand new transportation plan. Sounds like the plan was shit. Uh, We will be working diligently to make adjustments uh, with the goal, excuse me, with the goal of reducing bus wait times and ensuring every child who needs one has a safe ride to and from school. Now, the big issue here is that the weather is decent right now. So they got a little bit of time but they better get their shit together. Because that's a shame. Essentially, you you have to resolve these issues because it's not just the safety element, but it's the element of like instructional days and the ultimate experience of going to school. Like imagine you're in first, you're in first grade. You're a first grade student. You've been preparing for this your whole life. And that's not hyperbole. <laughs> and you're, you're waiting for your butt. It's not a funny matter. Not, not a laughing matter. But you... uh. You're waiting for the school bus. It's a big day. Your parents took your photo. It's the first day of school ever. Not that preschool and kindergarten didn't count, but first grade, it's a little bit different. It's the full day. Uh, And you're just waiting and you're waiting and you're waiting and you're waiting. And Ryan does this bit a little bit longer and a little bit longer because they're waiting and they never get to school. That sucks, you know? Like you ever like look forward to something and then it's just super delayed. We've all experienced that but with milestone moments, it's especially the worst. Like my first day of student teaching, technically, I showed up to the school, but I needed to get an ID. So I had to go to their like district office on the other side of town, which is funny because that's the only high school that was in their district, at the place that I student taught at, to get like processed and to get an ID and get access and all this shit, you know? And then I was basically told like, well, I'll just show up at the end of the day once school's over to meet with your mentor teachers. <laughs> like, you know what bullshit that is? You know how much it's like, I was looking forward to this day and getting into the room and, you know, observing for a little bit and preparing my, myself for taking the lead as a student teacher. It's a big moment is what I'm trying to say. And it was just pff, squandered, pff, 100% dead. The second day, obviously, and, and things worked out. I'm not saying that it's going to scar me for life or that it, it scarred me for life. I'm sure these first graders will be fine but it's a big moment. Like, was there a, an apology? Like, he, he took, uh, let's see. We're going to work around the clock. Extremely hard to fix errors that are in the transportation system. I have to make sure our kids are safe, and we will not have a repeat of what happened, and we will not be in school until I know we can get kids home safely. So I appreciate that he closed school in the meantime. I guess it's like a snow day. If you This guy better assign a snow day if it's close, you know? Because they're going to wait for the bus, and if it's like zero degrees and like 18 feet of snow and icy and freezing, guy better. He's got some ground to make up with these parents. And I don't have an article for this, but I even saw there was that little girl who was, or yeah, the little girl whose dad was irate, and and rightly so. I'm on his side, the, the parent, because they lost their daughter three times, and he was super calm about it. Uh, raising his voice a little bit, but he was like, hey, the first time, okay, cool. Minimal harm, minimal foul, let's move on. The second time, he kind of brushed it off still, just being like, okay, I know it's not gonna happen a third time. And it happened a third time. And he said, I know it didn't just happen a third time. And then he finally lost it. Where, again, I don't know if you saw it, but the the daughter wasn't on the bus. The older son was on the bus. Uh, let me see if I can find it. School loses, daughter and father is upset. And he was making really good points. Wouldn't it suck if it was super old? That's scary because there are so many of them. Oh, it's from 2019. Still, that's a transportation issue. Father is very upset after elementary school loses their daughter three times in Snellville. Where is Snellville? I feel like Atlanta or near Atlanta, rather. Look at that. It's in Georgia. Damn, I'm good. I'm just making shit up. Um, Yeah, like, let's see. The school apologizes. Uh, This is March 10, 2019. Left behind for the third time this year when the school bus took other kids home. There was a video. School officials apologized. (sighs) The whole thing wasn't handled. Well, that's an understatement. Could you imagine? Like, you get home from work your your older son is there, and you're like, well, where's Jennifer? And he's like, I don't know. I was sobbing on the bus, begging them not to leave, and they just left. They were like, fuck this, I'm leaving. Got a schedule to keep. That's a major fuck. What, transportation sucks. Like, do you guys remember, oh, Jesus, back in the old apartment, uh, when they were going to hire teachers as bus drivers in Indiana? That's for sure. That's an old video clip for sure. Uh. On the podcast that, that rings a bell for some reason, so check it out. That may be episode—I don't know. It's probably in the second year of the podcast or so. So, what is that within the the fifty-two to one hundred and four <laughs> episode range? Go ahead and find it. See if you can get it. <laughs> Let me report back the number. That would only take uh, fifty hours to to figure out. Um, but yeah, so I hope they figure that out. Maybe we'll do a, a check in on on what's going on and. These southern states, I guess Kentucky's not southern, but these southern states, come on, man, get it together. And my last thing, so this one, I will admit, I I had plans to do something about this sooner and and things just kind of, life happened, summer happened, this is the summer before the the wedding in October, so that, you know, a lot of travel, a lot of stuff going on. But we had uh, Leslie K. Brooks on, oh, geez. I think in like November or December of 2022, to, to talk about her book, Education Aggravation, uh, A Retired Teacher's View from the Trenches, and it's a call to action. And uh, if, you, if you haven't heard about it, uh, I guess I'll read the back cover for you. What is happening to our students, today's parents? How can teachers and parents ignite curiosity and a love of learning? Where does all this money throw at education or thrown at education go? Do schools prepare students for life? How can we create more equity in education? what is going on in our schools? And then she goes on. These a great question. A controversial look at our failing education system and the roles of various actors, parents, administration, teachers, students, politicians, media, and technology. I like this part. Instead of throwing blind money at a never-ending fix, we need to look deeper, focusing on specifics from the ground up. The cultural, the, I can't speak, the cultural dynamics molding our students. Uh, and use the tools at our disposal to develop their ability to navigate their individual success in an unknown future. Now, Leslie is a a retired teacher from the SPED department, and so we had her on to talk about this, and it's an issue that is not just because of the COVID-19 pandemic. It's been going on for a long time. Now, I I bought the book with the intention of read it right away, talk about it, catch up. Leslie, I apologize. I I bought the book right away. It has been on my nightstand for a while because I haven't been reading as much, but as a as a show of good faith <laughs> i am I am four chapters in four chapters done. So the first chapter, and if I can read my notes on this one, uh she talks about the issue of instant gratification and and technology and new approaches that are not necessarily done the correct way, and that the old ways of teaching aren't necessarily bad. Chapter two, she focuses more on. Uh, I'm not trying to ruin it. Like I'm giving you snippets and general ideas. You should, for sure, get uh, Leslie's book, Education to Aggravation. Uh, but chapter two I liked because she was talking about the issue of not supporting teachers and teachers being afraid to hold students accountable, and the issue of of self care and positivity, and you know, teachers not accepting, or the sorry the the lack of teachers not accepting disrespect. They're putting up with all this shit. Uh, and even stuff like teaching kids coping skills or to be okay with boredom and to use that as a creative outlet. I liked that chapter. And chapter three was more on the, the potential digital harm rather than the positives that it could bring us. And she mentions Elon Musk, but we know he's a garbage human, but it's all good. But uh, in chapter four, though, it's the need for home support. And what I loved is that she, she writes very clearly that we are not trying to judge. Like, who are we to judge is what she says. But there is still a specific problem when you have you know, either new higher teachers or experienced teachers who aren't getting support from the home. And I'm not saying they have to sit and read with them every single night because not everyone can do that. But even just the value of education. So I, I love that she got into that. And I also really like that she mentioned that <laughs> that school districts are way too top heavy. Administrations are way too top heavy. And it's it's true. Like you don't need for like two schools you don't need two superintendents. you can get by with one you know We don't need 18 instructional coaches when there are only 17 teachers in a building. <laughs> you know you can delegate a little bit you can you can parse out the work a little bit but that's that's what really stood out to me. so again, I'm only four chapters in, but yeah, there was one section though this was on uh, page uh, 42 where she she if you get the book, check it out. I like this part, Leslie. I'm not trying to take away from the book itself or, or give away uh, the meat of it and, the, and those, those juicy quotes that you've got. But she talks about when she co-taught with a teacher. And at a certain point, that teacher, I'm assuming the gen ed teacher, and she was the special education teacher offering co-taught services for students with IEPs or 504s. And the teacher framed something as, hey guys, I know this sucks and you don't want to do it. And I don't even really want to do it. So I'm going to make it easy for you so we can just get it over quickly." which makes the kids like the teacher, I guess, in that moment. But it doesn't actually, like, it, it traps the kids, essentially. And, and it doesn't, it's, I think she says it's pandering. You know, it's pandering to the kids. It's making sure that they keep doing the bare minimum, even if there are some kids who would do well, or well above the bare minimum. But the, the negative framing, the negative messaging is the issue. And I bring it up and I, I mentioned that quote from page 40 or 42, sorry, I'm sorry, 42. Because I talk about this all the time. The way I as a teacher can show that I actually give a shit is to actually not accept a, a less than adequate result from a student. I'm not saying that they have to be perfect, but if I know a kid, I'm just going to use some like fake example. If I know a kid can do multiplication, addition and subtraction, then suddenly they're like, ah, I can't do any of that on Tuesday. I'm going to push them a little bit. You know, if you accept less than you know they're capable of, that's just enabling that whatever that behavior is, or it's just saying like, you know what, I don't expect much from you because I don't think that much of you. So I'm not going to ask much of you. Oops, yikes. That stood out to me right away. Uh, I have the worst memory in the world, hence why I had to take notes on a book that is honestly, it's heavy topics, but a very light read because it it just flows very seamlessly. So Leslie did a a very great job writing this. I, I like it so far. Uh, again, it's education aggravation, and I wanted to cover it a little bit, and I apologize to to you guys and to Leslie for not getting to it sooner. Um, but again, I like that quote. We talk about it all the time. There's this push for rigor and higher expectations, but there are very few teachers who actually stick to it past month two, literally. Uh, everyone starts off with all this energy, and everyone's impressed by it, and they love their class, but they're going to do more, and they're going to do better but they're pretenders. I don't mean the students. I mean the teachers. They're being pretenders. And again, I I get labeled as the bad guy. Even Peter gets labeled as the bad guy. Plenty of teachers, we are labeled as the bad guy because we are asking them to do work and they don't want to do the work, but they're students. They don't want, they shouldn't want to do the work, you know? Not every day, at least. I don't want to do the work every day, (laughs) you know? I'm the one being paid, but I do it and I pick that battle. Like like Tia was saying, talking Tia, uh, Martia, uh, Miss Holloway. I'm thinking of all of her names for some reason, AKA AKA AKA, AKA um, Martia Holloway. Uh, pick that battle. That's how you. It, it, that I even clap back at somebody because there was a joke that was made about like, ah, oh, well, Mr. F fails a lot of people or something like that. It wasn't just me, but I was mentioned in that comment, and it was a joke. But I saw heads nodding, and I won't say who it was, but I know. And I'm holding it, I'm tapping my skull right now. I know, and I remember. (laughs) Everyone gets a fresh start every year, but this year just started. And it got me like heated, but I'm never gonna like show that overtly. It's gonna be covert. (laughs) I'm not that passive aggressive, but you know, it's a professional setting. And so like Peter came up to me after and he's like, I could tell you were pissed because like four minutes later, I talked about like the, the element of if you don't ask anything of them, you're not actually helping them. You're hurting them. Like you have to raise the bar. And those of us that are trying to do that on a daily basis, stop trying to fucking undermine us and stop trying to take the side of the student and be like, oh, he is being really mean to you because he asked you to write a full sentence with capitalization. Like shit like that. I'm sorry I want them to think critically on their own. You know, and I know that, that's, that might sound old school. Sorry, but I, I just can't stand it. The people that try to side with the students to make it like, like I swear to God, if I had an adult that ever said, this is too much, motherfucker, shut up, get out of the room. I'm not like, get out of here. Worked really hard on this shit for years. But point being, I loved that section. And we need to stop framing it that way. Just for the sake of like, saving face or Making a friend. I don't know why you'd want to. Keep some healthy boundaries there with your students. But yeah. A lot of thoughts that came out of that. So again, I'm about four chapters in. Uh it, it's tough to find time to read even at this point in the school year. Uh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna do my best to actually take the time to do that. I'm sure once grading and stuff like that starts picking up and adjusting curriculum, it might slow down a bit. So I'm sorry about that in advance. But uh yeah, education aggravation by Leslie K. Brooks. Check it out. Uh, but hey, thank you guys so much for listening and and checking out the episode or any episode that you may be listening to. It's been cool connecting with like other teachers, personally or or professionally. Or in I have a, a couple side jobs. So that's been really cool. So if you have been listening, uh, as a result, that's all. Aw- like seriously, thank you so much. It's just, hopefully, it's not too cringy. But <laughs> thank you so much. Uh, that means a lot to me. Uh, we'll get some people on again. Like we're trying to ramp up the guest episodes. Uh, so if you want to be on, you can always email me, classroombrew at gmail.com. You can reach me on social media. It is at classroombrew, or you can reach Matt's on there more often. I'm sorry. I'm getting better about social media, though, um, which is counterintuitive. But um, And then, of course, the uh, the Patreon. It's patreon.com slash classroombrew. We have podcast t-shirts, koozies, shot glasses, coasters, you name it, and then all the video uh, content that is exclusive to Patreon members. Uh, so a big shout-out to... Lish, James, Cindy, Melinda, Sabrina, Leslie, Leo, and Adam. Uh, I'm going to throw in the the Patreon song at the end of this one, so you can check that out. Uh, We probably have to do a re-record on it. It's not me actually trying to like sing or whatever the fuck that is. (laughs) So please take it with a a, a lighthearted lens, (laughs) if you will. Uh, But yeah. Anyways, hope you guys are doing well, though. If your school year started, hope it's off to a good start. If it is starting soon, hope preparations are going well and you're doing okay with your ultimate Sunday scaries, your summer scaries, if you will. But until next week, class dismissed.
2: Newsies and coasters, shot glasses, bonus content, and voting power. Lish Cromwell, from Minnesota, has a thousand classrooms. That shit is crazy, but that's Minnesota. Leo Sanchez, got a lot of land. He's been on the pod, it was really grand He's teaching in person during COVID Sabrina Bachman from Ohio teaches French class But I don't remember French Sorry for my teacher who taught me French were really cool, but that was years ago. This dude beat cancer. Getting real strong. He posted on the gram, He's a real bad ass. James Viner. James Viner. That's fucking right, James Viner. Sandy Montoya, yeah, from California crazy teacher podcast that's a bad look definitely not lazy big time podcast man melinda bradley melinda bradley she's from florida wore ppe for her staff photo that's melinda melinda bradley melinda bradley Room Brew. Check it out on Patreon.com.
0: This is Classroom Brew.